0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Ketogenic Nutritionist podcast. I'm your host, Temple Stewart, registered dietitian and the ketogenic nutritionist. My why for this podcast is to further your knowledge on the ketogenic diet by discussing tips and tricks for weight loss, health updates, research updates, and all of my favorite recipes. Just think of it as all things keto. So let's jump right in. And thanks again for being here. I do want to quickly mention that I am currently enrolling clients into my New Year's group. It will start the first week of January, and this is truly the solution to your resolution. Stop trying to lose weight in unpractical, unrealistic ways and get yourself a long-term solution. I I am so excited about my New Year's group, and this is the last opportunity you're going to be able to join one of my groups at this low of a rate. So, if you're interested, please see my link and bio on my Instagram or on my TikTok and let's get a discovery call scheduled. I want to chat with you. I can tell you more about the program. We can see if you're a good fit and get it moving. This is, again, the last opportunity you're going to have to join my groups at this rate. Okay, so let's get into it. Today's topic is going to be all about frequently asked questions from my clients. So you guys know I run groups. I have hundreds of clients and I have seen a pattern of similar questions popping up over and over again, kind of troubleshooting the ketogenic diet. So I wanted to discuss some of those with you right now. So probably one of the most popular ones I hear is about constipation. So a lot of times people can experience constipation on the ketogenic diet. And It's not necessarily serious by any means, but it is something that you want to get taken care of quickly. Anytime you are not using the bathroom regularly, that is a red flag in my book. So what you do is make sure if you're experiencing constipation on the ketogenic diet, you need to make sure that you're consuming at least two cups of salty bone broth per day. This usually fixes the issue. Ketosis can cause your kidneys to excrete sodium and fluid. And if you, don't, if you don't put those back into the body, the body will pull that salt and water from your colon, which results in hard stools. So a lot of times people are like, oh, the ketogenic diet's terrible. It's low fiber, yada, yada. Uh, in reality, it doesn't a lot of times have anything to do with fiber. It has everything to do with the electrolytes and hydration that you're consuming. So if you're finding yourself constipated on the ketogenic diet, get you some bone broth, get you some hydration in you and that will usually take care of the problem. Another thing that could also be going on is you're low in magnesium. So I would always, always say if you're feeling constipated, and this goes for the general public, even if you're not on a ketogenic diet, if you're frequently constipated, you probably could use some magnesium in your life. I really like natural vitality or I think it's called Natural Vitality. Anyway, it's called Calm. They're one of my favorite supplement brands, and this isn't sponsored. I just use them and find them really, really helpful. So those are my two recommendations. If you're experiencing any sort of constipation on the ketogenic diet, up your bone broth and get you some magnesium. Another thing to be aware of if you're experiencing constipation is medications and supplements. So like high dose calcium, iron supplements, even some prenatals can really contribute to constipation. So if that's something that you're experiencing as well, and the two following suggestions don't really help, you really need to become an investigative person and figure out, okay, is there something in my medications or in my supplements that are causing me to become constipated? Again, an example of that would be like high dose calcium, iron supplements, things of that nature. Let's move on to something a lot of people experience as well, especially if they're not working with a professional who can guide them through this, is the keto flu. Everyone's heard of it <laughs> if you're in this space at all, and you know that um, that can potentially happen, especially if you're coming from a very high carbohydrate diet and going very low carb very quickly. Now, nutritional ketosis is again associated with sodium and fluid loss through the kidneys, which again, this is not a bad thing. So it's, if you're holding on, especially if you're holding on to extra water weight and you have high blood pressure, anything of that nature, losing some of that water weight is going to be very beneficial to your health in general. So I, when I say that your kidneys excrete sodium and fluid, I don't want you to think that that's something that's dangerous, but it can obviously cause some flu like symptoms due to dehydration. So sometimes when people think about the ketogenic flu, they think, okay, well, headache, fatigue, constipation, dizziness, general just kind of malaise, just don't really feel well. Constipation, again, we just talked about that one. And the keto flu is avoidable. So I want you guys to know that upfront, that you do not have to suffer the ketogenic flu going into the keto diet. You just have to be well-informed and prepared and kind of know what's happening in your body. So I really recommend my clients start taking precautions to kind of make sure that they're hydrated as they begin to start the ketogenic flu. So two to three days ahead, making sure that you're prioritizing water, you're prioritizing even bone broth, making sure that you're starting to replace the electrolytes that you are using up. And then all through the the transition, when you start the keto diet and you are continuing on, you need to make sure that you stay hydrated and you need to make sure that you're doing the, the broth. Um, I recommend homemade bo- bone broth. Having two cups of that a day usually <laughs> will stave away the ketogenic flu. I like homemade bone broth, but I understand that that's not always realistic for everyone. So my my next best recommendation would be from Kettle and Fire. Um, they have great tasting bone broths, good quality and a good company. And you can have Two cups of that, and that will suffice for your electrolyte needs. Now, again, you need to obviously make sure that you're having that hydration as well. Now, making sure to replace potassium as well, just because potassium is so important and it's very beneficial into avoiding that keto flu as well. So, if you didn't already know this, avocados are much higher in potassium than bananas. So, one of the common themes is like, oh, I'm going to be low potassium because I can't eat bananas. No, just have avocados, guacamole. You can also use like a low sodium salt substitute. So, it's some of those salt replacements, um, they're just made with potassium. So, that's another thing that you can do if you wanted to make sure that you get your potassium in there as well. Again, the keto flu is completely 100% avoidable. You don't have to suffer from it. You can take precautions to make sure that you're hydrated, make sure that you're getting the electrolytes that you need, and this is not something you should fear. Another frequently asked question is about um, high fasting blood glucose or blood sugar in the morning. Normal fasting blood sugars in the morning are typically under 100 most people in ketosis or following a ketogenic diet will have no problem being under this level and um, maybe even being in the 80s, especially if they're not diabetic. However, there are some people that have higher fasting blood sugars in the morning. And this is something that we refer to um, in the clinic as as the dawn phenomenon or the dawn effect. And the exact cause of it is is unknown there is some hypothesis that it's due to a normal circadian rhythm rise of cortisol in the morning. And so it's really important to understand that this can happen with keto and it's not necessarily a big deal. There's really no harmful effects um, that they found. And it could also be potentially due to having a lot of protein in the evening. So you, there's a few ways to kind of just see if if this is due to that. So obviously lowering the protein in the evening. Another thing that could cause this type of rise in the morning would be stress, illness, or in, injury. Um, all of that could, could potentially cause a higher blood glucose or the dawn phenomenon. So don't stress it if that's naturally happening to happening to you kind of just be mindful of what's going on in your life is there anything that you need to be mindful of and making sure that you work on like sleep or stress etc because that stuff is really important and will definitely impact your blood sugar levels moving on to experiencing hunger Between meals. So this is not typically something that you're going to experience in the later stages of becoming fat adapted, meaning that if you've been following a ketogenic diet for, for, you know, multiple days, multiple weeks, most of the time (laughs) this does not happen. It is very common kind of in the beginning as your body is literally making the shift from using carbs and sugar as energy to using ketones. So you don't really become fully adapted for days to weeks. And so sometimes during that kind of shift, that metabolic shift, there can be some hunger in between meals. Now, this could also be due to some other things like under eating. So if you're under eating, then yeah, you may be hungry in between meals because you're not eating enough at meals. So this is not always like a hormonal transition or switch. Now, again, not only that but if you are an emotional eater or a stress eater or a bored eater the hunger in between meals may not be true hunger so you really need to figure out okay is this true hunger you also need to figure out that you are actually in nutritional ketosis so if you're experiencing that hunger in in between meals the first thing i would want to do with you is confirm that you're actually in ketosis if not that could be the reason why you're experiencing it and If you are, then we've got to dig a little further. We can look at a food diary to see if there's any hidden carbohydrates coming in or maybe supplements or or beverages or snacks or something. We could also um, double check and make sure that your protein is high enough. So just distinguishing between an actual like craving, emotional eating, bored eating versus actual true hunger is is really, again, really the first step in between this. You really should not be hungry in between meals as you become more and more fat adapted and you should be able to fast longer. You should be able to go without food for longer and be completely fine. And lastly, I just want to talk about people um, being concerned with weight loss being slow are not evidence. So it's very, very clear that the ketogenic diet is very, very effective at helping people lose weight. But there are certain situations that it's slower and you have the the key is patience. So I am never gonna be a proponent of rapid weight loss especially if it's done in an unhealthy way or a way that's not sustainable long-term. And even with keto, like I don't necessarily think that everyone should be very strict keto for the rest of their life. So again, people get really concerned if the weight loss isn't happening quick, quick enough or it feels slow. And again, I just want to say the word patience because patience is key you have to understand that what you're doing with your body and the hormonal shifts that are taking place and getting into ketosis, like you're making incredible changes. And there are things that are going on inside blood work, hormonally muscle mass, all these things that are great things. And you shouldn't be hyper-focused on weight loss. Weight loss varies. It's it's different from day to day. There. are shifts in fluid, especially with women, it's very important that you just track your weight over weeks and maybe even several days and look at the trends over time. So uh, an example of an a scenario where someone may not necessarily see a ton of movement on the scale is people that are have very low, low muscle mass, or maybe even sarcopenia that are just very, very thin and sedentary, et cetera. They may lose body fat while gaining muscle on keto. Keto is very protein sparing um, or muscle sparing. And so in c- scenarios like this, you're not going to necessarily see the weight on the scale go down, but you are going to see body composition changes. So lower belly fat, et cetera. Um, and this can happen again with people that are sedentary, very low muscle mass. This could also be the case if you are resistance training. So if you are lifting weights, doing those types of things during keto or while you start keto, again, you're going to be losing body fat, but you're going to be putting on muscle, which again can cause the scale to look like it's not moving. But in reality, you're getting healthier, you're getting leaner, you're getting toner. And lastly you could be making a mistake, uh, with weight loss being slow. So there could be something that's happening. Usually I'm not one to, um, say that we have to count calories and look at calories, but I do think it is something to just be aware of. Um, a lot of times people think that the ketogenic diet is a kind of free for all for all the fat that they want to consume. And this is not necessarily the goal. Okay. Because we want our body to make ketones from stored body fat versus a ton of dietary fat. So if you're not seeing a ton of weight loss on the scale and you are just absolutely going hard on the added fats, whether you're putting butter in your coffee, you're slathering your salad in so much salad dressing, whatever the case may be, maybe you're making like very high fat keto smoothies. I don't know. I would recommend that you cut back on the fat a little bit make sure that you're not overdoing this because you need to make sure that your body's burning body fat versus dietary fat for ketones. You really should be paying attention to eating for satiety. So if you find yourself eating, you know, a lot of food and overeating, eating past the point of fullness, etc, um you may slow your weight loss down quite a bit. So again, Patience is key. Problem solving is key. It's super important to work with a professional. I I can't say this enough with starting keto. A lot of people quit. A lot of people don't give it patience and time and don't actually know how to problem solve. And this is why I'm here. It's literally my job. So I just want to say like, if you've suffered from any of these problems or you're, you're frustrated because of something that's going on in your keto journey, please reach out to me. I try to make myself very available for my clients. I'm on Instagram at the.ketogenic.nutritionist. I've also recently got on TikTok as the ketogenic nutritionist there as well. So, reach out to me. Let me know how I can help. I, like I, you heard in the beginning, I'm still enrolling people in my new year's group. So if that's something that you want to be a part of, you're not going to get into my groups for these prices again. So reach out now while the going's hot. I think I have about three to four spots left. So if that's you, you need help with keto, you want to lose weight, you want to reverse PCOS or type two diabetes or whatever your health issue may be, please reach out to me. I'm looking forward to hearing from you and I hope you all have a wonderful week. Thanks again for listening to my podcast.